Good morning, Mrs. Strawberry, and good morning, Mrs. Delight. I'm your host, Shane Adamzak. My guest this week is Esther Longhurst, and we are going to try and make the world a better place. Our word this week is delight. This podcast goes for 25 minutes. But first, it's time for the three-point check and some home truths. Esther, how's your head, heart, and tummy? Uh, good, thanks. <laughs> uh, my, yeah, good. I'll, I'll go through them. Uh, my, my head is... Um, Got lots of things inside it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lots, lots of thoughts. It's rare that it's not like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's it's good. <laughs> this is gonna go well. Uh, my heart is pretty full. I, I, um, I just went to my daughter's faction carnival and she came fourth, which is like. I get to live vicariously through my children, like all their like achievements. Yeah. Were you sporty as a kid? Uh no. No, no um, I I conveniently had an asthma attack every time there was like oh, any convenient. kind of sport. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was just awful and not very coordinated, and I didn't come from a sporty family, so uh, I was inside a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's cool. My my kids are outdoorsy and run at life and. Particularly my youngest daughter. So she was she was awesome, and she was so proud of her fourth ribbon. She was just like, you've never seen a kid more excited. Like she was just like yeah, great. strutting about the field like a queen. Um, yeah, heart is full. Um, and your tummy? Yeah, it's good. Most importantly, how's your tummy? <laughs> my tummy's good. Yeah. Uh, just before I came here, I had like a a, um, a burrito bowl. A, like a I had like. Chili with like um, salad. Yeah, it was good. What would yeah. you rate it out of ten? Oh, uh, like a six. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, like yeah, I'm happy. Anything over a four, I'm really excited. anything over a four. So anything <laughs> over less than halfway yeah. is good. I'm excited to eat it. Okay, yeah. are you uh, much of a foodie? Would you consider yourself to be a foodie? <laughs> Clearly not. No, your standards seem pretty low. And that's coming from me. And I, if I had the choice, if there was like a pill that I could take that was like lunch, I would just eat that pill. Like I'm not yeah. like, I'll make food and eat it, but I'm not like, I don't get excited by the process. Yeah. I get excited about cake. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a different thing. <laughs> like at the, um, at the carnival I was just at, they announced that there was a cake stall and I didn't have any money and I wasn't talking to the other parents cause I'm like... It's a lot of effort to talk to the other parents. Sure. But as soon as that announcement went, I went and found all the parents that I have like a vague friendship with and was like, can I bum five bucks? Oh. <laughs> so Surely you could have used that fourth, uh, fourth place ribbon as some leverage there. My daughter did yeah. quite well. I think yeah. they'd get a free cake. I think so, but... No, so one of the one of the mothers spotted me and adds that cookie, and it was pretty great. Yeah, what would you rate that out of ten? <laughs> um, oh, a seven point five. Oh, okay, so quite yeah. quite high. Do you do you cook a lot? Um, I cook a lot. Yeah, I I have children. You can't. Oh, you have skip to skip meals. Have to you have them. to. Yeah. yeah. So whether you want to cook or not, you have to cook. See, I still, I still have that luxury of just going. Oh, just going, I'm not oh, hungry. Whatever, I'll just eat wheat bix for dinner. <laughs> and the added bonus that I'm here by myself, so there's no one to judge me for that. <laughs> yeah, we have like we often have like a beans night or like a chickpeas and tuna night. Yeah. When I can't be bothered cooking. Dinner from a tin. Yeah. Tinner. 
<laughs> my kids love chickpeas and tuna. I train them early and it's great. Yeah. It sounds fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it sounds like a fun dinner. Um, uh, you get to ask me a home truth, Esther, which means you can um, ask me any question you want and I'll give you an honest answer. Okay. Um, what, what is your proudest achievement? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good question. Because, like, theatre things spring to mind. Like, I'm very proud of the fact that my show, The Ballad of Frank Allen, won um, the Just for Laughs Award at Montreal Fringe last year. That was, like, I, I, I never win awards. I get nominated a lot, but I never win. And this is, like, one of the only awards I ever, like, kind of wanted to win. Like, I've always... I've been nominated for, like, four or five times. And I was just like, if there's ever a show that was going to win it, it was this show. And then I did. I was pretty proud of that. You can give me a top three, a top five, if you like, you know. <laughs> well, I, I'm also, like, quite proud of being a, an uncle. Yeah, Like, nice. I really, I really dig that. Like, I've always, like, thought, like, when I'm an uncle, I want to be, like, a cool uncle. And I feel like I'm doing pretty good at that. Yeah, you seem like a really involved uncle. I lo- yeah, I love spending time, like, with my brother and, and his wife and, and Walt, my nephew. Yeah. Because, why well, I, I don't know, you know, I'm just single and, and swinging still. So, you know, it's, like, the closest thing to, like, kids that I have. And so, yeah, probably that. And just, like, constantly putting things out. I guess I'm proud of that. Because there's a lot of times I've thought about quitting. Yeah. Can I be proud of not quitting? Yeah. Mm. I'll say that then. Those are my top three things. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, you chose the word delight. Um, I find you quite a delight. I was very excited to get you on this podcast. Oh, I was delighted to um, be invited. As someone that I've uh, improvised with in various formats and different shows throughout the years. Um, why did you pick that word? Um, I guess, like, um, I was thinking about you and I, like, I know that you like toys. I do. Um, <laughs> I also like toys, not not in the same way as you. I think. Yeah, not but in like I, an obsessive collecting way. Yeah, but if if I had the permission, like or the mm. space to collect, to I always I've always collected things, um, and I, I guess that makes me think that you're someone who um, t- takes pleasure in things or gets excited about things, and so I. I guess I wanted to find out more about what tickles you or what delights you. Oh, yeah. For me, I think it's a little bit about the thrill of the the hunt, the chase. Like, going to, like, you know, flea markets and swap meets and toy fairs and finding little diamonds in the rough. Mm. Um, Last year or... No, two years ago, I started collecting vintage Star Wars. Yeah. Which is, like, you can't just go to a shop and buy those. You know, they're all old toys from the 70s and, and 80s that I never had as a kid. Um, so that was, that's been a fun thing. I've kind of done with that collection now. I've kind of yeah. got everything I need or that I want that I can afford. <laughs> um, and that, that delights me. That thing of just, just finding, finding things out there that you wouldn't have expected. Yeah. And seeing like coming into your house, we're recording in Shane's house, Yeah. Uh, coming into your house and seeing them beautifully displayed. Like when you, when you, when you're sitting eating your wheat beaks at night time. Yeah. <laughs> without that's, judgment. That, Mum, in case you're listening, I don't really do that. <laughs> um, it, like, do you kind of look up at those things and just feel, like, just happy? Like It just... is. It's kind of my happy place. Like I was saying to you just before we recorded, like, when I moved back to Perth, 
I was I was hesitant to move back to Perth because I don't think I've ever been as happy as when I lived in Montreal um, in terms of living, you know, just living as an adult. Um, never been as poor as I was when I was in Montreal, <laughs> but just it's everything is just so cheap that you, you can afford to be poor and still pay rent and live somehow. I don't know how I did it for two years. Um, so moving back to Perth, my compromise was when I, when I move back and I have this place, I want to really make it my own. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I've done that. Yeah. Yeah, and that changes the way you feel when you walk through the door, I think, if you if you have that in your space. Yeah, it's my fortress of solitude. And even this, this office that we're in now is, is a new addition. This was just a spare room before. And now this is kind of like my a nice working space that I like. Yeah, yeah. cool. What, what delights you? Uh, many things, most things. My... My standards for being delighted a lot. Yeah, well, you seem pretty excited by the, you know, the burrito bowl. Oh, yeah. Which you rated a six out of ten. Um, I. What? what um, what's my, my what's kids... something? What's? Let me phrase it this way. What's okay. some, what's something that has to be like a nine out of ten or above? Okay. To really meet your standards. Um. Uh, probably when I'm hanging out with people I love and they're laughing and we're being silly yeah yeah time with family and friends yeah i write yeah. that i write that pretty highly as well i think that's pretty delightful i was talking to a friend of mine today about uh my kids and i was saying the thing about your the thing that is really magical about your kids are all the things that you can't share with other people like you can't put on social media like oh my kid like rubbed a bum in my face today and, we, and, then, we, and then we laughed for like 20 minutes or you know whatever it is like yeah. those those just like the the intimacy that you get to share with these tiny humans like I think is really amazing but you can't like that's something that you share with yeah I think there's, there's something quite intimate about the bond you have with someone that you made yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely and then it's do you sometimes see your daughter either of them and just go that's me when I was seven eight nine or whatever uh yeah I do yeah and does that concern you (laughs) yes like I'll go oh no like like the ugliness of an emotional response Mm -hmm. um uh like the other day um my I was chopping like fruit for my daughter and I like I made two different parcels um and I gave one of them to my kid and I could tell that she thought that there was like, that her fruit was inferior to the other daughter's fruit. Oh, interesting. And she, she generously offered to put the fruit in both bags. <laughs> I knew she was Going to do the old switcheroo. Ah. <laughs> and, I, and I was like filled with rage, but only because I knew her motives because I would have done the same thing as a child. Yeah, okay. You like spot a, the patterns. Yeah. Have your kids ever done the old, um, mum, dad said I can do this can I do this? And then go into dad and go, dad, mum said I can do this. Can I do this? And played you off against each other. I remember doing that as a kid. Yeah, I did that a lot as a kid too. I, I don't, I don't think that I've caught them doing that. Uh, Only, so maybe, I, maybe they're doing it really well. <laughs> yeah. They've mastered they're playing the art. you like a do you, fool. Do you know what? I think, um, I think they might've done it before and got majorly in trouble, but the, the thing is that we live in a really small house. Right. And so you can hear any conversation from any room. Oh, okay. So if you hear them whispering, then you know something's <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Long moments of silence are always terrifying when you're a parent. 
Like, if you can hear kids yelling and screaming and shouting, that's fine. Yeah. Even if a kid comes to you and they're screaming because they've hurt themselves, that's fine. It's when there's, like, the silent scream or, like, like you, someone falls yeah. and then there's no sound. You're like, oh yeah, no, right. no, 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 what's happened? Yeah. What's the What's the biggest uh, scare you've ever had as a mother? Um, uh, one of my kids hit their head. Oh, is there? Sorry, just one of my guitars was slowly, <laughs> slowly, slowly falling, falling over. Down. I saw it. Yeah. Happening. Um, one of my kids hit their head on a coffee table. Then their eyes rolled up back in the back of their head <gasps> and they fell backwards and passed out. Like oh, fell into that's very scary. T- fell into my sister's arms. So I I thought she's dead. And, wow. And I freaked out. And we called an ambulance. She came to and by the time the ambulance got there she was fine. Yeah. Um, but just for, you know, like about a minute when she was like um, coming in and out of consciousness, yeah. I was I was really scared. Fair yeah. enough. That that would be a terrifying situation. Yeah. The fragility of human life. Yeah. Uh, that you're in charge of taking care of as well <laughs> yeah. is a scary thing. It's amazing so many people stay alive. Yeah, I think about that all the time. Because <laughs> when I'm hanging out with my nephew, he is like he falls over just from walking. <laughs> And he's hit his head so many times. And my constant fear when I'm looking after him is that that will be the day that, you know, he falls into a well. Yeah, you don't want it to happen on your watch. Yeah, I'm just like, just, I just got to get him, I just got to get through this hour or two yeah, in yeah. one pace and hand him back. Then whatever happens is on them. How old is, how old is Walt? Walt is, uh, he's uh, two and three quarters. So he'll be three in November. Yeah, nice. Mm. Do you see yourself in him? Um, a little bit in that, in that we're two of the very few gingers in my family, which is weird. He does look a lot like me when I, he looks more like me when I was little than my brother, his dad. Is he, is he your kid? (laughs) He's secretly my kid (laughs) and this is how I'm revealing it to the world. No, he's definitely not. Um, but yeah, no, I see a lot of, uh, myself. My mum's commented on it a few times because I think my brother and I growing up were quite different, but now that we're both adults, my brother and I more similar than we'd care to admit. Yeah. Uh, even the fact that I... I don't think I can have him on this podcast because our voices are very similar and it'll sound just like me talking to myself. But maybe, <laughs> yeah, we will. Maybe you could have a pretend interview with your brother if you run out of guests. Yeah, that's true. Just you uh, My brother Mikey Adams is here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Michael. Because <laughs> in my mind, that's how he talks. Yeah, and yeah. what you're missing at home here is uh, Shane's um, <laughs> robotic ape like movement yeah. that he just transformed. Doesn't quite translate into a podcast. I couldn't even recognize you in that moment. I was like, wow. <laughs> That's because I was acting, yeah, Esther. I'm amazing. a very good actor. I have won yeah. an award. Just one. Just one award. <laughs> but it's one of my three proudest moments. <laughs> I love it. Um, outside of having kids, um, what do you enjoy about being an improviser and a performer? Ah, oh, everything... I love improv the most, like, you know, as opposed to scripted work or, yeah. um, I love improv the most. It's just, um, uh, I love, uh, sharing a brain space with someone else. Yeah. Um, I love discovery, not knowing where something's going to land or end up. I love when you're both making eye contact and you know that you and the other person on stage 
don't know what's happening. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. like, and then, it's like, going, you know. We've got to work this out yeah. or nothing's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, and you have to give each other your full attention. Yeah. And 30 seconds later, you have this moment where you're like, we found the thing. Yeah. And it's that, that's just my favorite thing. Or you're looking in their eyes and you can see that they're afraid. Yeah. And you're like, and you, awesome. You want to eat that fear. Yeah. I think <laughs> as someone who does like quite a lot of scripted theater and improv, what I love about improv is, is very much that same thing of going out on stage with nothing. And there's that fear in that. And that fear that just fills you with adrenaline going like, I have to do something. Yeah. I can't just go out and say to do nothing because that's not a show. <laughs> and having those people that you, A, work really well with, mm. you know what delights them, they know what delights you, and being able to play to those strengths on stage and giving the audience a show of just two people or, or more having fun and playing on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I love those things too. I get a lot out of, yeah, making eye contact with people and being able to be part of their experience, their cognitive experience, as yeah. well as like what's happening on stage. And when you have those moments where you find the thing that you're looking for, or you yeah. find a solution, or you find a weird bend mm. in the story that takes you somewhere unexpected, there's such, yeah. a, such a joy in that. Yeah. And I think if I'm in the audience watching that, as even as an improviser who's been doing improv for a long time, I watch that and I go... How are they doing that? Yeah. How are they doing that? It's magic. Yeah. Is this really improvised? Yeah. Like, and when I have those thoughts, like, I'm like, oh, that's why improvisation is magic. And, yeah. But by the same token, it's also a joy to watch people fail on stage sometimes. Oh, 100%. And because being like, we do a lot of like pub prov improv stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the audiences love it when we fuck up. <laughs> they get just as much joy it, out of that when we do well. It, sometimes that's yeah. annoying it how works, much they enjoy watching yeah. us fail. It works really well for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I suck at, like, I suck at games. I suck at rhyming. I know you I, hate, you <laughs> hate rhyming games. And I enjoy watching you hate rhyming games a lot. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. It's maybe one of my favorite things. Um, I, I, I would like to get in a place where I can just fully try at a rhyming game and feel like completely free and like, like I'm going to be okay. But I get so stressed. Like yeah. I get so stressed out. Um, and I, I know that I can rhyme. <laughs> I've seen you do it. I've seen <laughs> but, you do it many times yeah. successfully. <laughs> but I think but every when time, it's, that when fear it's a in your game, eyes. When it's a game yeah. that you can win or lose at, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> and I do. Um, but it's really lovely sometimes when we do pub prov. Yeah. The rest of the ensemble get together and I can see them all just like dropping out and <laughs> losing so that I can stay in the game for longer. It's all about having each other's backs. <laughs> it's it's really lovely, but I'm like, don't, you, you're not helping anyone. Let me die. Um, you've just, at time of recording, just finished a season of a show at the Blue Room. Yeah. A scripted show. How do you feel um, your skills as an improviser sort of translated into that show? Like, from, from an actor point of view. Yeah. Um, I think I was a bit of an annoying dickhead in the rehearsal room, I think. Oh, I refuse I was, to believe that. I was like, oh, this is a time to make a joke. No one appreciated it. Um, uh, 
I think uh, in the particular show that I was in, the director, Bridget LeMay, who I think is a really great director, um, was all she wanted from each scene was that the people were listening and responding in the moment, mm-hmm. um, which is a very improv thing. So I think... Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that she really made space and permission for us to give a different performance every night and for... She she was like, I don't care about blocking. I don't yeah. care about any of that stuff. As long as you're connected and listening, that's all I care about. So that was that was cool to get to do that with scripted work. Yeah. Well, they say that, uh, you know, 50% of acting is reacting. Yeah. And you really see that in actors when they are clearly not listening to the other performers. They're just there waiting for their chance for their to line. speak again. Yeah. And that, that affects me when I'm seeing a show and it makes me mad. I'm like, I don't believe you are that character. I don't believe you're a person. Because nobody's just yeah. sitting there waiting for their chance to talk. Or if yeah. you are, I mean, there are some people that are like that. But those people are usually dicks. <laughs> yeah. What is, this is a little, a little going back to sort of talking about toys and childhood from before, but what's something you had that you don't have anymore from when you were a kid that if you could reclaim it and bring it back? It doesn't have to be a toy. It could be, I don't know. A blanket or a, a video you used to watch or something you had that just really delighted you when you were little that you wish you could you could have again or something that would bring you that same amount of delight. Um, it didn't belong to me. Oh, so it's something <laughs> that you stole. <laughs> no, my sister had like a strawberry short, shortcake minis collection. Oh, okay, sure. I stole one of them. Yeah. Um... And I kept it in a box hidden because she couldn't know that I had it. Sure. And I would take it out and sniff it. Does she know it, now? Yeah. 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 She, um, she's forgiven me. Oh, that's good. Um, but if I could go back to childhood and, and get a bunch of toys and bring them back now, I'd go back and get all the strawberry shortcake, shortcake minis. minis. Oh, well, yeah. I'll, keep, I'll keep an eye out. <laughs> Thanks. Esther, how can we make the world a better place? Is it about finding the things that delight you, finding things that delight others and making sure we all have those things? Um, I think in this, this small sense, yeah. Like, yeah, I think in some ways. Um, making the world a better place. It's something, it's something I'd like to do. Right. (laughs) So, um... I think I think being kind and assertive is really important. Um, I think not not being nice necessarily, but being fair and sure. kind and and truthful um, about your needs and creating I, I think whenever we do that we create a space for other people to do the same thing. Maybe. Yeah. That, that answer was was delightful. <laughs> Thanks, Shane. It's very poignant. Uh, what's uh, what are you drinking right now? I'm drinking um, peppermint and ginger rhubarb. And what would you rate it out of ten? Oh, a seven. Okay, delightful. <laughs> uh, we want to be truthful, be honest with each other, find things that delight you. Brighten the world a little bit, maybe. Maybe everyone just needs a little bit more brightness. Hug a baby. (laughs) Hang out with my nephew, Walt. He's cool. 
I think I think making space for other people and and like uh, giving permission for whatever it is that they need. Yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah listening to other people. Acting, reacting, <laughs> finding uh, find, improv. Finding the improv moments uh, that take you in a direction you may not be expecting. I reckon all the all the improv things that are worth while in a in a classroom setting or in a show setting are worthwhile in real life as well. Yeah. All those things about... Except maybe space jump. <laughs> I don't think we really need to play any more space jump. <laughs> Please stop playing it in high schools. <laughs> if we stop teaching it to the kids, we can phase it out. Together, we can make the world a better place by phasing out space jump. <laughs> it's like one of the most complex games that you could play as an improviser. Like it's... If you have you seen it played well? Occasionally, I've seen it played really well by good improvisers, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's what the game is. Yeah. <laughs> hey Esther, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, that's 25 minutes right now. Yay! We did it.